And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Sacred Anarchy Live. Um, we are now officially live on my Facebook page right now. So if you're watching this on Facebook, I want to give you a warm welcome. We are doing episode six tonight. So if you like what you find in our live cast, I do hope that you will go and join the Sacred Anarchy Mystery School, absolutely free to catch the rest of the other episodes that we've already recorded over the last five weeks. So we are celebrating six episodes today, and I'm really excited to go deep into our subject about the pseudo self. Um, I want to go ahead and give a warm welcome to Chad. Hello, everybody. Awesome. So what we're doing here at Sacred Anarchy Live is really diving deep. And we've really started from the beginning um, of what Sacred Anarchy is all the way into the psychology of man. Um, and so I really want to recommend that if you guys are interested in the topics that we are doing here, to please go back and watch them in order. Um, you know, Sacred Anarchy is a beautiful mission. It is my life purpose. It is something that Chad and I are so passionate about, and we truly know that this is the future. So if you are brand new to our live cast, then I want to give you a warm welcome. We are so excited uh, to have you here to tune into our episodes every single Thursday at 7, uh, 7 Pacific, 7 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. I'm like thinking I'm still in Pacific time. Hello. <laughs> it's a different coast. <laughs> totally. Awesome. So let's go ahead and get into our chat today, which I mentioned is about the pseudo self, the mind's disguise. So there's, an, there's a graphic for us. The face that we show the world. Yeah, we've been discussing um, group mind. You know why people uh, react differently in groups than they do on their own. Um, last week, we went over the process of individuation, how to create an individual self. And so this week, um, an interesting topic, which is the pseudo self, which is a, uh, a term that uh, psychologist Eric Fromm uh, described as the self that you create in front of your actual true self. So you were born with your individual self and then through the process of conforming into society, you create a, a fake self, a, a person that lives in front of the real self to appease uh, the people around you on uh, years to come, so. And I just wanna like mention here, you know, this question of who am I, you know, it's a hard question. And I think a lot of people uh, think that they know who they are when they don't. And this is not to insult anyone, absolutely not. In fact, the goal with sacred anarchy is that we get to know the, our true self so deeply that our individuality shines through and we, you know, live in a world where we're all truly free, truly free to be our authentic self. So, you know, as we go through each of these uh, live casts to really 
start asking yourself the question of who am I? And even questioning the persona or the personality that maybe you have thought that you are and see if we can start to, you know, unwind or undo the programming behind the persona uh, that has been developed in order to feel that we belong, uh, to feel that others understand us because we think the same or look the same or listen to the same music or identify with the same communities. So this is, again, this is these are philosophical live casts, and uh, they're really meant to get you to think about yourself and, uh, yeah, dive deeper into who that actually is. So breaking down pseudo self, um, the word pseudo comes from the Greek pseudos, which means falsehood, untruth, or a lie. And self comes from the old English and Anglican self, 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 meaning one's own person. So put them together. <laughs> like the count, uh, you have a false lie of one own person. And I'm kind of loving this card that you chose here. Yeah, the death card. The death card uh, really representing the death and rebirth process that happens simultaneously. And again, we're always going through death and recycles. Um, it's even been said that every, with every breath that you take and exhale is a death and rebirth. So sure. this is uh, it's like. The more death and rebirths that you have in this lifetime, the closer you get to the true self. So love and this, this is, part. Uh, <laughs> specifically, I chose this because in this topic, it's you, you as an individual, your true self is dying, is being killed and being replaced by the pseudo self. Mm. So it's a death and rebirth in a negative uh, rebirth of the the bad, the shadow. Right. Well, not even, not the, even shadow, the shadow. It's the, it's the persona. I, yeah, it's the costume. It's, you know, you're being re reborn in the, the Halloween costume version of yourself. So there's the question of asking you or asking yourself, you know, who am I? What masks am I wearing? Which outfit am I putting on? Um, how am I trying to feel and fit in and belong with a community or a group or an idea or an identity just to feel that you belong. And so this is truly going to be an amazing conversation to dive into this subject. Yeah, let's get into it. Mm -hmm. So uh, the majority of all of the, um, the quotes and uh, words on this are, are from Eric Fromm's book, Escape from Freedom. Um, which is really not a, a, a story about trying to go to someplace that's less free. It's it's actually talking about, you know, an individual from an individual perspective, why the some people, which I believe are most people, actually uh escape from themselves. So they don't want, they don't really want freedom. They want, you know, they want conformity. They want. They want to escape from having to have freedom. Well, that's kind of interesting since we're just, you know, in the tail end of Age of Pisces, getting ready to go into Age of Aquarius, probably not in our lifetime, but we are truly, you know, setting the st stage for that new, unique, uh, even misfit uh, true self that we all are. But the Age of Pisces in many regards was the Age of Illusions. So 
uh, kind of fitting with this concept of escape from freedom. So let's see what Eric has to say. Uh, the original self is the self, which is the originator of mental activities. The pseudo self is only an agent who actually represents the role a person is supposed to play, but who does so under the name of the self. Oh, wow. So. So the originator of mental activities. So the original self has thought. So the pseudo self, and I think it's David Icke that calls people repeaters, right? Yeah, repeaters. You, you hear one thing and, you know, then it, you know, it's like playing telephone and it goes through all these different lines and it's just everyone's repeating the same thing without actually understanding its origins, where it comes from. And in this case, we're talking about the person, uh, the self and having that being lost when we forfeited our original self for the identity or the mask or the pseudo self. We, we all still have a, a true self uh, in, in, in our psyche. And we're clearly born with a true self and, and in your, in your childhood, your formative years, you slowly get your true self, you know, chipped away from you because your you, your early interests and create, you know, and creativity, your, your, uh, um, you know, things, things you're drawn to are, are, you know, told, you, you were told that they, they, you know, we can't do that, you know, in, in the real world, or when you grow up, you can't do that. So whether it's your parent or a teacher, um, some other like, you know, perceived authority figure, they just slowly tell you that you can't be what you really want to be or be interested in what you're really interested in. And so slowly you learn to put on this other persona so that you get the positive feedback from right. the parent or the teacher or whoever it may be. And Which, before, yeah. before long, by the time you get in your early twenties, like you aren't you anymore you are this this <clears throat> this fake costume that you've developed um over all of those years to get through society and i think this is what we would call a program you know those who have been programmed to the societal norms you know like you can't make a money money as an artist so then people don't pursue their artistic dreams um they're all in the early phases of denial of the original self and getting ready to put on the costume of the pseudo self and then you know waking up years later uh realizing that they didn't they should have followed what their true desires were and so this is really the breaking down of the program or the indoctrination uh really the program of needing to belong or being a part of a group think yeah, the, which we talked about last episode the complete destruction of free will and in, in the individual the the crushing of spontaneous existence and I, when i say that when i when i say the crushing of free will i, I uh say it with some disdain because major leader from the world economic forum uh, who's openly 
has said in speeches that the age, the era of human free will is over. Oh, jeez. So. And then, well, there you go. So free will, do we have free will? Well, our original self does, but does the pseudo self? No, absolutely not. Likely not. Move forward here. Losing the self to authority. Yeah, so these are all the ways that um, we develop that pseudo self. You know, we start by giving up the independence of one's own individual self and fusing oneself with somebody or something outside of yourself in order to acquire the strength which the individual self is lacking. So, you know, group identity. We talked about that a couple a couple weeks ago. The you know, the group narcissism, like you're too, you, you refuse to have the responsibility of owning your shit and being your own person. So that it's much easier to be part of a group and, and have someone else be responsible for you or for whatever the group's intentions are. You can always pass the buck up, uh, pass the buck on, on someone else. So it's kind of becoming clear here that, you know, to be an individual is a process. It's a process of unlearning and uh, removing, having a death of that pseudo self. So, you know, we are witnessing a mass, uh, a collective of people that are not their individual self. They are lacking individuality. Therefore, they are lacking true sovereignty. So to be an individual is a process that we're all going through as a collective as we make these decisions to start removing the masks. Stop being afraid to speak your mind, to ask for what you need, to express yourself creatively, to Use your imagination, all of the feminine essence that has been suppressed and oppressed uh, throughout time, uh, throughout the thousands of years that, you know, we have slowly moved away from our natural state, uh, which is one with nature. So again, we've talked about this in past episodes. I'm just kind of giving a recap here about being an individual um, is a process. So next, uh, you know, losing yourself to uh, by seeking new and secondary bonds as a substitute for the primary bonds which you have lost so the your grounding to reality and the things that inspired you at one point are taken away from you so now you're you know the individuals lost they're you know cast out to sea and and you know in order to have some semblance of of uh, you know, belonging or approval you attach to a secondary bond. And we'll go over um, what some of those secondary bonds are momentarily. Kind of makes me think of the Band-Aid solutions. You know, instead of taking the time and the effort to discover the root problem, we are accustomed and again programmed to immediately go to the quick fix to the band-aid solution. And it makes me really think about how the band-aid solutions are 
another way that we lose our individuality. This um, this next one's fascinating when you when you expanded on the to the, the macrocosmic uh, society, but you know, losing the self by striving for submission and domination, or as we would rather put it in the masochistic and sadistic strivings as they exist in normal persons. And what what's meant here by normal persons is is this isn't talking about masochism and and sadist uh, behavior in a sexual perverted sense. It's in a it's in a uh, it's in the sense of um, one likes to dominate others and you know exert authority and and control those around them which would be your sadist. And then the masochist is the person who is being controlled or being dominated and rationalizes why they should be dominated, why they deserve Mm. to be in that position, which you can, you can expand that from, you know, a simple two person relationship to a multi-billion person you know, planetary situation, the microcosm and macrocosm of the sadistic and uh, masochistic relationship. You know, you can think about uh, the government and the populace needing to be controlled, needing to be dominated, needing that authority figure and feeling on some subconscious level, which man usually hasn't even understood himself that he is thinking he deserves to be punished in some way yeah you know it's it's the uh the picture of adolf hitler speaking to the people of germany you know because you know a lot of those people really felt like they were part of something like it this you know let's say a third of the the population thought that that was that was the way to go it was completely lost in psychopathic yeah you know totalitarian worldview and how did we become psych- a psychopathic society is a is a split psyche. We've split the masculine and feminine energies within us so much so that the feminine is completely lost. And we are all, you know, trying to figure out why we're always hustling and doing and doing and doing and trying to accomplish and accomplish, accomplish and all of these material uh, possessions and things that we think are going to show our worth or our uh, how cool we are or whatever. Um, but really this is the beginning of psychopathy. Let's take it to the next. (laughs) So we're going to break down the, the masochistic pseudo self, um, masochistic pseudo self appears from feelings of inferiority, powerlessness, and individual insignificance. Mm -mm. So how you are, you know, beat down, usually, you know, mentally or emotionally to where, you know, that that original original self is gone, you know, or or it's, it's so subdued that you don't, you don't recognize it anymore. I mean, this is this is very powerful because how many of us have felt inferior, right? Thinking that we're not good enough and insecure, lacking confidence, lacking self-worth. This is all 
this masochistic pseudo self that on some level is okay with being dominated and not understanding from a unconscious level what is actually taking place. So, and in order to know what is taking place within you, you have to dig or what I I call night swimming. You've got to swim in the abyss. You've got to swim in the unconscious waters to see why the behavior exists in the first place. So the only way that we actually raise consciousness or elevate in consciousness is if we bring light to things that are in the dark, in the unconscious waters. So these people, um, the, the masochists show a tendency to belittle themselves, uh, to make themselves weak and not to master things. So it's a cycle of, you know, uh, an abuse cycle that, you know, you, you feel like, you know, there's a reason for this. You, you know, you come up with all these rationalizations as to why things are the way that 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 you know that it's it's you know just the way he is, or that's just the way they act. And he, you know, he means well. They they mean well. You know, you don't follow through with plans because you know you're not worthy enough to to actually achieve mm. that, which would actually, you know, make you happy or whole. You know, if we think about our, you know, this concept of mastery, which is really a subject I've been diving into as far as, you know, helping my clients and those who are students of the mystery school uh, really understand what is required to master thyself. And if we think about our ancestors, um, they were true masters. I mean, they were the magis, they were the astrologers, they were the ones who created these divination arts. They studied the nighttime, the night sky. They studied the stars. They were masters of these arts, these initiative science arts. And today, you know, we are moving so quickly that we never master what we feel called to know more about. We never uh, take enough time and energy to actually sit down and develop our craft. And there's something to be said when you find something um, that truly moves you. You know, for me, it has been the occult. I think I can speak for Chad that we've shared this in common um, to really understanding our origins. So when you decide, you know, what that thing is or what those that topic is and you spend the energy reading and learning and discussing, it changes. Um, it changes you in that it starts to remove the pseudo self. You start to feel your original self shining through like you never you start to have confidence not because of anything else but that you started to discover something that really lights you up that really moves you that you want to learn the ins and outs so self-confidence you know and self-worth and autonomy not needing an authority figure, not needing, you know, big daddy or big mommy, you know, to, to bail you out, so to speak. 
you know, you becoming a master is where true strength lies. So let's uh, notate a couple other adjectives of the pseudo self. Um, the masochist uh, people show how uh, a marked dependence on powers outside themselves on other people, institutions, or nature. Really, like anything that you know, you 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 make the bonds with anything that's not you. Anything that that you per, you perceive as stronger than you, mm. you know. Um, life as a whole is felt by them as something overwhelmingly powerful, which they cannot master or control. And so they're just in this, just lost as a as an individual. Like they can't they can't achieve the goal without help from the group if they don't make the team then they aren't anything if they don't you know get into the college and have the 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 sweatshirt of uh you know their desired uh, alma mater like suicide might be on the on the horizon you know yeah. it's it's a really really sad state of, of well it's um, this need again for savior you know thinking that you know, you don't have all the answers inside of you when that is the belief, the belie, the the lie that they want you to believe that you don't have an inner oracle. And, you know, I, I kind of continue to go back to this uh, concept that when, you know, we say that you are magic or you um, are an oracle, it's those who shake their head and think that's wishy-washy or woo woo or hocus pocus or whatever it's with that very response that is a reminder that you don't know who or what you are and this is the problem that we're seeing in society people so disconnected from that psychic energy got that right this last this last uh, point hits pretty hard but the masochistic trends are frequently rationalized masochistic dependency is conceived as love or loyalty inferiority feelings as an adequate expression of actual shortcomings and one's suffering as being entirely due to unchangeable circumstances so you know this one i'm, I'm going to expand to the citizens relationship with the government you know the government has always let you down. They never come through with that, which they say they're going to do. Your life is continually degraded by a group of psychopaths that feel they have the right to rule over you. And yet you see countless time and time and time again, people, you know, regardless of whatever political party they support, make, you know, exceptions that it's, you know, this is just the system is the way it is. It's, it's the best country in the world. It's the, you know, if you don't like it, go elsewhere. It's, it's mm. you know, it's this loyalty and you're just getting beat on, you know, taxed more, extorted, you know, in extreme cases, you're being shot, imprisoned. And yet, well, you just, that's just how it that's is, just how it is. Follow the, follow the law. And that's that that's the masochistic behavior. 
thinking that on some subconscious level that you deserve that because that's the best there is. And that goes back to my original point that you do not believe that you uh, have everything inside of you to create the life you love, but that's going to require you to surrender or remove the pseudo self costume and get really in touch with your true individual self. Yeah, I, I picked the the Ten of Swords uh-huh. for this particular side, which in the um, the Thoth deck, if you look at the outline um, uh, holts of the sword, it's actually the Sephiro from the Tree of Life. And so in the middle, that's actually the Tipareth. So it's the heart mm. being destroyed. Mm. So the absolute like death of the self just giving up on your inner joy and happiness and you know it's just uh just a bad it's a bad card you can pull yourself out of it you know there isn't much it's a reminder to to look inside you know to see you know if you feel that you have these um feelings of inferiority or that you're not enough or that, oh, I can't do that. You know, you're just, you know, stronger than me or whatever. Like this is the card that says, look, everybody has an inner oracle. You just have to be brave enough to rip off the pseudo suit and go within. Time to move move on up. <laughs> you're already went off the tree of life. All right. So the other the other side of the the pseudo self coin, you got the sadistic pseudo self. So the sadistic pseudo self, which is the opposite of the masochist, um, sadistic tendencies are regularly to be found in the same kind of characters. They vary in strength and rationalize their actions. One is to make others dependent on oneself and to have absolute and unrestricted power over them so as to make of them nothing but instruments, such as clay in the potter's hand. Wow. Another consists not just to rule over others, but to exploit them and to use them and steal from them materially, emotionally, or intellectually. The third kind of sadistic tendency is the wish to make others suffer or to see them suffer. Mm. The suffering can be physical, but more often it is mental suffering. It is aim. Uh, its aim is to hurt actively, to humiliate, embarrass others or to see them in embarrassing and humiliating situations. You know, I don't watch the award ceremonies or Super Bowl, but, you know, you kind of can't help but see some photos, you know, in the Facebook news feed when these um, events take place and the ridiculousness of these images, whether it's the outfits I mean, it's literally a circus. You know, I can't tell you how many clown emojis I see in my feed because I just love you guys on Facebook. You guys have the best memes ever, but they're humiliating them. They are literally humiliating these people for their gain and they take it. So anybody who is still under the spell or the illusion that the celebrities have you know, this glamorous life. Well, 
I think we've just hit the nail over the head here that they are actually actively and intentionally being humiliated and embarrassed um, and taking it in order to be in the spotlight. I mean, for a sacrifice. Yeah. If it goes, <laughs> you know, the, the, the ladder goes up and up. So if the back to the, the, the government um, analogy, governments is the sadist. They're the controllers. They, they want to, have power over you they want to see you suffer and the statist which is the the person that believes wholeheartedly in the function and the existence of government just continually makes excuses as to why they deserve the suffering the humiliation uh, and embarrassment it's amazing and yet anyway we'll keep it going here <laughs> <laughs> swear it ends on a high note <laughs> so this is a long quote from eric from uh sadistic tendencies for obvious reasons are usually less conscious and more rationalized than the socially more harmless masochistic trends often they are entirely covered up by reaction formations of over goodness or over concern for others some of the most frequent rationalizations are the following. I rule over you because I know what is best for you. And in your own interest, you should follow me without opposition. Or I am so wonderful and unique that I have a right to expect that other people become dependent on me. Another rationalization, which often covers the exploiting tendencies is I have done so much for you. And now I'm entitled to take from you what I want. And then the more aggressive kind of sadistic impulses finds it its most frequent rationalization in two forms. I've been hurt by others and my wishes to hurt them is nothing but retaliation. Or by striking first, I am defending myself or my friends against the danger of being hurt. And the more yeah. I say these quotes, the more it sounds like the government. Well, and the psychopathics, the psychopaths, are creating more psychopaths, right? That that it, they are so sadistic and unhealthy and deteriorating inside. Their inner world is void. That the only behavior, the only thing that they can do to even sustain life at the vacancy of their own material physical lower world obsession i call this the lower the lower self enslavement camp in the sacred anarchy book is that the psychopath loves to create more psychopaths so what do they do they create a civilization yeah, they, of psychopaths you rationalize it you know it's sim singular form it's the the man or woman boy or girl who was uh in love at one point early 20s first love guy or girl cheats on him crushed the heart is crushed so they then make it their point in life to go out mm. and crush others because they were once crushed so right like there it is and the cycle continues so what is the goal of the pseudo self so Number one, overcome the unbearable feeling of powerlessness. 
you have no power because you're just a, a weak little individual. Um, so you got to overcome it. You know, how do you do that? Well, you become a part of a bigger and more powerful whole, which is outside of oneself mm. and submerge and participate in it. This can be an institution, school, uh, um, government, whatever. Uh, it could be your family. You know, you've got a, an extended family. You, you just part of that. I could see that in like uh, like mafia families. Like, you know, it's like, oh, this is this is who we are. I'm strong. Uh, so religion, as a big one. You know, uh, I'm part of God. I'm part of a. Uh, you know, the divine essence, um, uh, the nation. So you hear this, uh, this quote a lot these days is, um, you don't have to love your government to love your country so that somehow the dirt that you were born onto, uh, existing in is somehow part of you. And that gives you your, you know, your, your, your feeling of, of, uh, you know, belonging. Um, and then, uh, lastly, one gains a new security and a new pride in the participation in the power in which one submerges. They feel they share in its strength and glory. One gains also the security against the torture of one's doubt. Wow. One gains also security against the torture of doubt. I mean, I mean, I think we just have to take a moment to take this in uh, of what, when we say clown world, you know, I see you guys, it, it's like, this is how the rat, the rationale, the irrational mind uh, tries to rationalize what is taking place. And so long as you belong to a group, right, whether it's a, you're a patriot, or it's a community of some sort, as long as you can hide behind the group, somehow you are powerful. But the thing that we need to understand here is that you as an individual is the most powerful. And I'm going to continue to reiterate that for every single um, live cast that we do, because until you start to know that is true, not to just believe it, but to know that you'll have an inner light that is so bright and more powerful than any group. Just rip off that pseudo self. <laughs> Take it off. Yeah. The new Superman. Moving <laughs> <laughs> on. Another quote. Mr. Eric. The masochistic person, whether his master is an authority outside himself or whether he has internalized the master as conscience or a psychic compulsion, is saved from making decisions, mm -hmm. saved from the final responsibility for the fate of his self, and thereby saved from the doubt of what decision to make. He is also saved from the doubt of what the meaning of his life is or who he is. These questions are answered by the relationship to the power to which he has attached himself. The meaning of his life and the identity of his self are determined by the greater whole into which the self has submerged. And that goes back to our previous uh, live cast on taking personal responsibility. As soon as you begin the journey to self-mastery, to mastering the inner world, the first step is being responsible. 
you know, taking full responsibility for your life, you know, for what you have, what you don't have. I mean, if we continue to play victim, all you're really doing is turning off that inner light. Every time you hide behind another, you're, you're dimming your own light. So the fate of you is congruent to how much you are hiding or revealing your light. So isn't it about time for us to take personal responsibility and build a true relationship with ourselves so that we can be the light? I'd say so. So millions are impressed by the victories of power and take it for the sign of strength. To be sure, power over people is an expression of superior strength in a purely material sense. If I have the power over another person to kill him, then I am stronger than he is. But in a psychological sense, the lust for power is not rooted in strength, but in weakness. It is the expression of the inability of the individual self to stand alone and live. It is the desperate attempt to gain secondary strength where genuine strength is lacking. Pick the picture of the guy in a sweatshirt looking pretty down himself, but then the, the, the sketched in giant biceps. So I see the 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 society that we live in is 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 so obsessed with materialism that they do not see any other aspect of strength outside of how much weight can you lift or you know can you physically dominate other people in the in the society around you and in reality these people who who can't like stop working out and going to the gym and you know to the extent of taking drugs and steroids to get bigger and bigger. They're just projecting how, how weak they really feel on the inside. They can't, uh, they don't have power in any other aspects of their life. So they go to the extreme of physical fitness because they can at least exert power over a barbell. Well, this isn't a, this isn't a, you know, I go to the gym this is not a a a, um, a diss on physical fitness. It's it's a diss on you know complete imbalance of you know the individual. Well, I mean, what I I'm hearing is you know the obsession with the lower the lower bodies, the lower planes of our being. So we are not just a physical body. We have many different layers um, attached with our aura. So when we are attached to the material, uh, physical realm, like materialism, like money, like our bodies, and we don't take care of and nourish the higher worlds, which most people don't even know what those are called. We'll talk about that a little bit at the end of today's live cast, but they're, they're stuck in those lower chakras. They're stuck in the lower worlds in that tree of life. So if you think about yourself as this multidimensional being that you are, then you will start to be able to feel when you are in 
and identifying with these certain planes of existence. You're going to be able to understand yourself in a more multidimensional facet. And if just from that information alone, you're going to start to see the world and yourself through a different perspective, because you're going to be able to see things from the higher up and from the lower down. So the perspective is different depending on where you're looking. So self-destructiveness, virtually anything is used as rationalization for destructiveness. Love, duty, conscience, patriotism have been and are being used as disguises to destroy oneself. Destructive impulses are a passion within a person, and they always succeed in finding some object. If for any reason other that other persons cannot become the object of one uh, of an individual's destructiveness, his own self easily becomes the object. The amount of destructiveness to be found in the individual is proportionate to the amount to which expansiveness of life is of his life or her life is curtailed. Uh, the more drive uh, towards life is thwarted, the stronger is the drive towards destruction. The more life is realized, the less is the strength of the destructiveness. Uh, mm. Yeah, the last one's pretty heavy. Destructiveness is the outcome of unlived life. So the more that you suppress that real self, that inner artist, poet, musician, mm. um, writer, you know, hell, if you wanted to be a fireman when you're younger and you're just not, you know, overcoming what other people's expectations were of you that isn't going away. I mean, you know, it, it, it is, you know, it's part, it's like part of the shadow. It's going to come out and destroy you in some other way. And this is where we see uh, people turn to alcohol and drug abuse, um, mm. violent obsessions, uh, you know, domestic, domestic issues, uh, war, you know, when it comes to the group narcissism of a, of a country being convinced to, to that other group is, is attacking them and, very crazy. I mean, and just on a lesser note, it's like the the negative thoughts that you think about yourself, you know, looking in the mirror and, and being cruel, judging yourself, you know, being comparing yourself to other. These are all destructive. And, you know, I'm always saying that, you know, to uh, your thoughts are things and they're really there to show you the environment in which you created that allowed them to enter. So when you stop thinking about these are my thoughts and start thinking about, well, what's the environment that I created that allowed that guest to come into my existence, into my world, then you have a very different conversation to have. So thoughts and emotions, um, behaviors, they all came into your life for a reason. And they're there to show you something or they're happily set up camp and live inside and be a hobo inside of your consciousness if you allow them to. So self-destructiveness self is an epidemic. And again, ripping off the pseudo costume, pseudo self-costume begins the process of self-love. So, Eric uh, Fromm had a, um, uh, his concept 
was that through the suppression of the the self, the creation of the pseudo self, um, falling into the uh, dichotomy of um, being a sadist or a masochist, um, you become what he called an automaton. So, you know, a a almost a, a clone, a, yeah, a cyborg. Like, mm-hmm. like you're just a a uh, you know echo of an echo of an echo of a person. Mm. You don't. There is no self. So the automaton is the individual that ceases to be himself. He adopts entirely kind of personality offered to him by cultural patterns. And he therefore becomes exactly as all others are and as they expect him to be. I was saying before, the the person, the individual will not get the uh, the love or the adoration or the attention that they uh, they would like to get from you know, their self-true pursuit, whatever it may be. So in the crushing of that, they find the other thing that will get them that, that feedback. So this is how you end up with uh, nations of people going to work every day in jobs they hate working for people that are abusive for them uh, coming home to situations that are, are not their own, you know, not to their own choosing. They're not where they're at. You know, it's, it's a, so I picked the the picture of these fine young gentlemen (laughs) in their uh, trench coats. Um, The next part is pretty interesting. Uh, Most people are convinced that as long as they are not overtly forced to do something by an outside power, that their decisions are actually theirs. And that if they want something, it is they who want it. But this is one of the great illusions we have about ourselves. A great number, number of our decisions are not really our own, but are suggested to us from the outside. We have succeeded in the persuading uh, of ourselves that it is we who have made the decision, whereas we have actually conformed with the expectations of others, mm. driven by the fear of isolation and by more direct threats to our life, freedom, and comfort. It's like if you were in the uh, living in Berkeley, California, in a in a having a, a conversation at a party, and you openly talked about how you were going to vote for a Republican for government you would be you would be publicly heckled until you produced the uh acceptable response mm-hmm. which is oh i was just joking i'm i'm going to vote democrat now i'm not advocating bo- voting here but this is how people are whipped into shape via public opinion to do to do horrible things to act in horrible ways to you know, be a, 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 you know, a shadow of what you really want in your life. I mean, this kind of sounds like fear of being alone. I think this is what this is really showing me right now is 
people have this fear of dying alone, fear of being alone, um, not really being in touch with their true self because they don't spend any time in solitude. Um, this needs to be looked at because until we are comfortable with ourselves and it's a process, you know, mastering yourself, you know, this concept of self mastery, is going to come back time and time again, as it, as you start to reveal that true self and you'll know when the individuality is coming through, you'll know when the true authentic self is revealing itself, because when you're in solitude, you're enraptured with your interests, you're enraptured with your creative mind. But those who fear solitude or uh, fear of being alone, I mean, ask yourself, are you afraid of the thoughts in your mind? Are, are, have you created the right environment for the kinds of thoughts you wish you had? Or do you continue perpetuating the environment that attracts the hobo who decided to hang out and live inside of your consciousness because you don't actually give your true self any attention? So therefore the thought of being alone is so scary to you and so debilitating to even co the concept to even arise. I mean, this, that's what we would call the great work. This is, that's to get comfortable in your own skin and be responsible for your thoughts and the thoughts that you attracted were your doing based on the environment in which you created so that they would enter. The, the, the dark psychologists that create this world that we live in know that this is underlying uh, um, tendency for humans to do this. So that's how they, you know, people like Edward Bernays uh, back, you know, talked about him a couple of weeks ago, all through the book Propaganda, easily taps into the psyche of millions of people to convince them of anything they want. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, injecting themselves with poisonous, you know, substances, smoking cigarettes, you know, dra drafting themselves and going to a foreign land to kill people for no reason. Well, I that's it. I mean, basically the things you're watching like on Netflix or whatever, uh, the conversations that you're entertaining, what you're doing is you're programming yourself. You're program. You're creating the environment that where thoughts will enter. So if you're not consuming your, if you're not creating an environment of pleasant thoughts because you're watching a bunch of like murder shows about psychopathy, guess what? You're being programmed to be psychopathic because you're choosing to create the environment in your mind of psychopathy, really getting into the mind of one. We have to be very careful about what we're programming ourselves to become because we will become that which we consume, whether it's physical food or if it's entertainment. 
you're not going to take responsibility of your thoughts. Someone else is, is already taken, taken, mm-hmm. taken over their thoughts. You are not yourself. Another long quote, but I felt it was necessary. <laughs> uh, this substitution of pseudo acts for original acts of thinking, feeling, and willing leads eventually to the replacement of the original self by the pseudo self. The original self is the self which is the originator of mental activities. The pseudo self is only an agent who actually represents the role a person is supposed to play, but who does so under the name of the self. It is true that a person can play many roles and subjectively be convinced that he is he in each role. Actually, he is in all these roles, what he believes he is expected to be. And for many people, if not most, the original self is completely suffocated by the pseudo self. Sometimes in a dream, in fantasies, or when a person is drunk, some of the original self may appear. I just wasn't myself last night. Uh, Mm. Actually, you were, dude. Uh, feelings, feelings and thoughts, which the person has not experienced for years. Often they are bad ones, which he is repressed because he is afraid or ashamed of them. Sometimes, however, they are the very best things in him, which he has repressed because of his fear of being ridiculed or attacked for having such feelings. The automization of the individual in modern society has increased the helplessness and insecurity of the average individual. Thus, he is ready to submit to new authorities, which offer him security and relief from doubt. And enters Big Pharma. Yeah. Another way to numb it out. Numb it out. But all you're really numbing out is your true self that's trying to communicate with you. This is, you know, in the mythic healing healing method that I've been working with numerous clients on, we're identifying your archetypes. And the thing is, these archetypes are only as helpful on your journey as you give them attention because you they have a role to play in your mythic city, in your being. And when you dismiss them or repress them or oppress them they do not mature they do not grow so you know i I remember hearing many many years ago that you know the the person who abuses drugs and alcohol that they don't mature that they might have they might be stagnant have you heard that before sure yeah like they don't mature but this makes this is relevant here because that's the denial of the archetypes, okay? The, when you do not give your inner world the attention it deserves, they the archetypes don't mature. So when you have a field filled with, uh, you know, these archetypes, they don't know what to do with themselves. So they keep doing the same response. It's like doing the same thing, expecting a different results. That's equals insanity or whatever, but that's exactly it until you, you identify the archetype and then say, okay, I can see why you're here. You're here to help me in my life, but I have been neglecting you so much that your maturity of how you're going about serving me actually kind of sucks. So let me actually pay some attention to you so that I can, you know, be better at my life and you can be better at your at serving me in my life, which is all metaphorical here, but these are your guides. This is like to me the the inner world experience 
is the best kind of work. That is the great work. And it's just mind boggles me that people don't want to do this work. It's like, this is the most exhilarating work in the world. Well, at first glance, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's not, um, you know, this is a normal behavior, you know, right here. It says you're going to be ridiculed mm. if you think or say things that are, are out of the norm. So you're basically beaten into this place where like, you have to accept your shitty pseudo self and that's all you have. And why do people get into, you know, drug addiction or, or alcohol, whatever it's all drugs, but you know what I mean? Uh, it's because they know they're wearing this shitty costume, mm. you know, every day they, they know that they hate their job. They know that they're, they're, they're fulfilling no purpose in their life whatsoever. And, uh, the cynical, uh, conspiratorial, uh, conspiratorial part of me knows that the entire public education system is designed to create the pseudo self. It is right. all to make you take that, which you really love and throw it at the window. Cause you're not going to get into a college. If you, if you follow that path, or you're not going to get a job or you're going to be, you know, old and alone and homeless. No <laughs> woman's going to like you because you're not going to be a millionaire. It's uh, like school is a, a pseudo creation factory where you, you know, the, the plan out uh, plan uh, outcome education system we have where you can only fill, you know, these 10, 10 parts in, in a societal structure to exist mm -hmm. or you're fucked. And that's all bullshit. It's all to create a, entire civilization of mindless drones that repeat information that they read from acceptable sources to keep us all locked yeah. into a mental prison. Absolutely. Amen Ra. <laughs> some, some questions oh, here. Card is so beautiful. Yeah. So the hermit had a, you got to go, uh, go into your cave as the hermit and go into your own mind and study and ask yourself, what is the, what is the self? What is spontaneity? What is an original mental act? Mm. And what has this all to do with freedom? You know, what is spontane spontaneity? Spontaneity is the expression of free will. Wow. Do you well. have it or you not, <laughs> you know, do you have a self or do you have a pseudo self? Do you think your own thoughts? Are you able to ponder? Mm. Are you able to ponder uh, that which is abnormal? Can you, you know, say things that uh, at a, a party or gathering that, you know, makes the record scratch and everyone turn their head? Well, that makes me think about, um, gosh, the thought is so deep. I might've lost it. <laughs> Continue what you're well, just I mean, saying. What, what does it all have to do with freedom? It's like, well, if you don't have power over your own mental faculties to think and be uh, anything you can imagine to be or think, you're not free. You are pseudo free. You're living in uh, a uh, group collected, you know, collective lie that we are free, but none of us are free. You can be mentally free. You know, you can meditate and zone out and fantasize and mm. but if your fantasies are the fantasies that you're you're getting off of a movie or if the fantasies are something that 
uh, you saw online or, you know, forbid your fantasies are a porno. That's not you. That's not your mental faculties. You're living some automatic, you know, life of a cyborg. You might as well get into the the tub uh, in the movie Matrix and be used as a hu uh, human battery. Well, the thought came back to me. So as you guys were, as we're speaking about this, you know, we all on some level have felt the scrutiny, you know, with what we've gone through in the last couple of years uh, on social and sharing our viewpoints and having very conflicting uh, philosophies and of action and uh, calls of action. But here's what I can say is that when you start to get in touch with the true self, it gets easier. It's never lovely <laughs> to have energetic daggers thrown at you or to have some combative argument to, to argumentative person come at you. But when you understand the celestial or spiritual aspect of what we're talking about, as far as the of individual self, you're going to see where people are operating from. This takes the emotional, uh, the emotionalness out of the conversation because you're able to see, oh, okay, this person's in their astral body right now. Like they can't see from the causal body or the eternal body. They can't see from those higher perspectives. So anybody trying to wake anybody up when people are trapped in these lower planes, you're going about it the wrong way. I'm going to share a little bit more in a little bit, but it gets easier. Once you're able to develop these higher planes in which you exist, you're not going to be affected in the same way. So if you're very you know, polarized right now or triggered is the big buzzword today, um, just know that this path to self-mastery or the path of of the individual self, it gets easier when you understand the fundamentals, the fundamentals of the spiritual realm of yourself and in which the world we live. Yeah, there's power in that. And big shout out to my Sacred Anarchy teacher training students right now, because we just covered the hermit. You guys are doing great. <laughs> so ending on the little quote from the godfather um carl jung has to say the privilege of a lifetime is to become who you truly are mm -hmm. not what your mother wants you to be not what your father wants you to be not what your you know local pastor wants you to be or the congregation or your school or the school mascot or your job or whatever it's what you truly are i love it high five mr young <laughs> dr young okay so we're getting ready to kind of close out tonight. Let's see. Gosh, we've been we've been going at it today. We've a little bit over our time that we normally do, but you know, these conversations are deep and they require our full uh fleshing out of these ideas. But I always want to be able to leave you guys with 
a call to action. <laughs> um, you know, what can you do until the next episode and the next live cast, which is every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, again, as I mentioned, I'll be giving you guys the link if you want to get caught up so that you are watching these in order. I'm going to give you the link for that in a moment. Um, but to discover the true self, you know, is a process of remembering you know, it's not that you're lost, it's that you have to remember. So each morning when you, we awaken is one of the opportunities to see what lies beneath us, you know, in the unconscious, what I like to call the night side. And it is here that the great work begins. So I want to ask you, you know, are you ready to understand your purpose and why you're actually here? Do you want to know the answer? to who am I? And do you want to know the roadmap for life? So recently I taught this masterclass called Memories from the Book of Life. And it's about a 90 minute masterclass. And we're going to cover these higher planes, okay? One of which is the karmic body, which is very important as you begin this journey uh, of self-mastery. And when you understand this concept of the karmic body, you know, what is karma per se, you're going to start looking at the world through a new lens because you're going to realize that your karma is just wrapped up in life lessons. And even with the completion of certain lessons that you've learned, just think about what you've already learned so far in life, a lot, right? But there's always new lessons to learn. And so just as you close out one karmic cycle, another kar karmic cycle begins. So it's an ongoing journey because the journey of evolution is infinite. So in this work, uh, in this masterclass, I basically break down, this is a great introduction to really understanding your karmic cycles to understand your major life lessons, which I'll be teaching uh, a workshop called the wheel of incarnation. But this specific masterclass is like the pre-work, you know, kind of setting the foundation. And you're going to learn exactly what the book of life is, uh, how to raise your consciousness so that you can read from your own book of life, no longer needing to depend on getting readings um, and having somebody else tell you, you know, why you're here or thinking that someone even has the answer for you. You'll be able to uncode or decode code these answers for yourself. So if you're interested in this masterclass, it's 49 bucks, uh, memories from the book of life. It's in the mystery school. So if you purchase it, you have lifetime access and here's the link. It's a bit.ly link bit.ly forward slash book of life masterclass. All right. You might want to take a screenshot if you're interested. And then I wanted to give you guys the links if you want to enroll in the mystery school for free and get a free account so that you can access all the replays from our live cast. So as I mentioned, this is our sixth episode. Um, you might want to get caught up in the other five. You can go ahead and register for a free membership at bit.ly, bit.ly forward slash join sacred anarchy live, or you can just go to sacredanarchy.org and set up your account there. All right. And I think that is a wrap. <laughs> 
Thanks so much, you guys, for tuning in. Um, if you guys liked this live class, I'd love to hear your feedback. You can always shoot me an email at care@sacredanarchy.org. You can Facebook me, Instagram me, DM. Um, your, your feedback is so appreciated. We also have a Telegram group that is specifically for the live cast. So um, once you register in the Mystery School, log in. There's going to be a URL to join us on Telegram if you're on there. Otherwise, we hope to see you next Thursday, 7 p.m. for another live cast. Yep. Thanks for joining everybody. Subscribe, subscribe and share if you like what you saw. Uh, until the next time, I own me, you own you, Agape. Good night.